Hey everybody, this is Adam Hirschman. I play DJ Candy Corn on Obliterated. You're listening to Obliterated Companion, and I have a message for all the DJs out there. I'm coming for you. Candy Corn, he's not going away. He's uh, he's coming after you, especially you, Tiesto. I know you're scared. Watch your back, Tiesto. You too, David Guetta. Guetta. Or Guetta. I don't, or, and also, I have one other DJ that I'm coming after. DJ from Full House. So she was, she was one of the great DJs of our era and time. So all those DJs, you watch out. Candy Corn signing off. Wicca Wicca. Welcome back to another episode of Obliterated Companion. You guys, probably one of the most, I don't know, surprising surprises. Is that like a double entendre? I don't know. I don't know words. Words are hard. But anyway, joining me, DJ Tieso, watch out. Uh, David, get a hide your mom. Okay, we got DJ Candy Corn in the booth today. How are you doing? Actually, I don't think we need to hide David Guetta's mom. I hear she's lovely. <laughs> I'm sure she's a very fine woman. Yeah. Um, but Adam, hey, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity, man. I want I I uh I want to pick your brain. I don't know. Okay, if you great. Want to Let's yet. go. But no, Let's no one to ask. No okay. No ask. So you know, obliterated has um is I wanna say it's kind of more for a mature audience, right? So for the younger people that watch this show, probably you know, like somebody um some of your work may be a blind spot for them. So I kind of want to shed a little light to those that are unfamiliar with some of your work. You you have worked with Titans, right? I mean, so many comedies um, uh, accepted, you know, is, is a huge one. So many people in that one. Um, I don't know what happened between you and Blake. She's with this other dude now, you know? Um, yeah, I was really, I was really close. That was a real heartbreak for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but like, I think she made the right choice, but I mean, time will tell. Time will tell indeed. Uh, and then Soul Men with freaking Samuel Jackson mm-hmm. and the late Bernie Mac, the late great Bernie Mac. You know, uh, some of these um, people you have worked with, like, um, do you remember any moments where like they gave you some like some advice or like some sort of direction that really helped you out early on? Uh, that's a great, great question. So I'll start with Accepted. Accepted was... Um, I had pretty much when I, when I started doing this, um, the work that I booked was commercials. And so the first job I booked outside of, of commercials and they were great commercials, very cool stuff. Um, which I was happy to do at the time and it still will do commercials. So if Chevy's watching, um, I'll give you my phone number, but, um, I, so I booked accepted. It was the first job I ever did. And it was a supporting role and had this amazing cast. Um, and uh, of course you had just, you know, huge stars in that. You had Justin Long and Blake Lively and Jonah Hill. Um, Jonah Hill, what's he been in lately? Yeah, Jonah, Jonah really, he's really, yeah. He, hope, fell off, he right? Gets, oh, yeah, hopefully Jonah gets his career going. Um, I just, I just, um, yeah, I, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I feel like he'll have a, a resurgence again. I hope so. Um, yeah, I hope so. I like I like him so. like super bad. <laughs> yeah, he's no John is incredible, um, and that was just super fun. It, li- it literally felt like we were 
in college, going to college. That was the vibe. We shot it. Um, I think it was at Northridge University. Um, and every day you had, you know, 50 to maybe 100 extras doing pool parties or this or that. And it just had this very college fun party vibe. And that was my first experience. I'm like, this is like the greatest. I, I mean, I knew back then I would never have a job that fun. Um, this was also also directed by Steve Pink. Yep, Steve Pink, yeah. who uh, I know directed some Cobra Kai's. Um, he did. He uh, he also did um, the first Hot Tub Time Machine. Yep, yep. Which also had Diora uh, uh, Baird, who was also yep. in acceptance. Yep, yep. Cobra yep. Kai, you know, for That's the fans right. there. Yep. Now, um, uh, w- when you were younger, like back in school and stuff, is this what you wanted to do? Were you always into a performance, theater, anything like that growing up? Uh, No. No, uh, this was DJ. something. I, yeah, I was strictly had. I had eyes set on DJing back then. That was uh, it? Um, yeah, I was DJing. I didn't know what a DJ was back then. Um, we had radio disc jockeys, right? Um, back then, no. Uh, the rude you know, by got, Sandstorm. That was like probably one of the early big DJ names that I remembered. Oh, Sandstorm. That's right. And yeah. <sighs> I mean, a lot of the DJs, I think, were in rap back then, like when I was listening to DJs, it was the MCs. Um, right. But but no, back then, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I, re- I never really did theater. Um, I think I took uh, one or two acting classes when I was in high school. Um, and it was fun. I like making people laugh. And I think that whole thing about comedy, making people laugh, that was something that I you know loved to do. And so I ended up... Um, actually going to, to, to school, to college and got a degree in journalism and then, um, started trying to, got a job in that field and then, uh, moved out to Los Angeles just cause I wanted to get out. I'm from Minnesota. I want to get out of the Midwest and, uh, started taking classes at the groundlings and, and stuff like that. I kind of had some interest in, Oh, maybe I, this would be fun. Let's see what this is. And took classes for a couple of years and I was like, you should get your headshots. And this was a long time ago. And so I said, Great. Um, get my headshot. I mailed my headshots to some agencies and I had no credits, like one credit. I would think I stood in line. Um, it was actually a movie called, um, oh God, I'll, I'll think of it in a second, but it was like a short film that someone made. And I, I stood in line and remember the camera rolled by me. And I stood in line and I was like, this is awesome. You know, that didn't do anything. I was just an extra in it. Um, so I put that on my resume. Um, and then people looked at that and they threw the resume away, but they're like, oh, you have a very interesting look. And so, um, take some, take some acting, continue with your acting classes and we'll throw you out. And I booked a commercial pretty quickly. Um, and I remember my first day of uh, doing a commercial, uh, basically the first shot was us just looking at a car. And I think it was for like Verizon, but we were looking at a car and I'm, I'm like, where are we supposed to look? And the guy next to me is like, I don't know. And then they yelled action. I was just looking around and they said, cut. All right, moving on. I was like, this is the job I want. I want this job. This job is awesome. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this. I don't know where to look. I don't, we don't have any lines. Seems awesome. And you're going to pay me for this, right? And they right. Said, yeah. So you're basically like, I didn't know where to look and you're going to give me money for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Where to and, to, this? and the best is I still don't know where to look with the eye lines. <laughs> But like even right now in the Zoom, I know the camera's right here, but I feel like I should be looking over here. Right. Talking to you. Yes, this is a good eyeline, I think, for this. You know, like things are always changing in the industry. People might prefer you to look away from the camera. Right. And if you watch like a lot of like the greats, like 
the Brad Pitts and Leo DiCaprio's. And to me, those are the greats because they, they work every second and they're awesome. And I love those guys, but they're just, they're just, I, you know, they're so cool and they can do whatever they want. And I don't know. Anyways, I don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah don't, no, so kids, but the note is kids. Don't worry about your eyeline. Play the scene. Right. They, you know, they, they're, that's what directors are for. You know, like you don't right. have to know. They'll just tell you, say, right. Hey, look at that real quick. Now you you mentioned like you know um, you enjoyed making people laugh and, and things like that. Did you have any sort of like comedic inspirations or inspirations at all, uh, whether acting, uh, yeah, influences? I, I mean, I remember watching Delirious as a kid, seeing Eddie Murphy's Delirious, and I memorized that. And anything Bill Murray, um, Chevy Chase, all I mean that just gives away. But like a lot of stuff from like the mid '80s and and to the all the way up to like the mid '90s. Um, they made so many comedies back then and they weren't necessarily the best thing in the world, but they were so funny. Uh, you know, I loved the John Hughes stuff. Um, I loved all the, um, Harold Ramis was one of my all time favorites and I actually had a chance. I met, got to meet him once when I was working on soul Man. they were doing, um, they're doing this, some epic movie with, um, Michael Sarah and Jack Black. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but he, I feel like they've collaborated a few times. Yeah, some some oh, restaurant. Year one, year, year one. That, so they were making yeah. that in, in New Orleans or or Louis somewhere in Louisiana at the time, and I got to meet him. And for me, that was like meeting like the you know Mount Rushmore. Where Harold Ramis wrote his oh, so sure. many movies. Um, but yeah, so those were the guys. It was like Chevy Chase and Bill Murray and Eddie Murphy, and so I was like, those were my comedic heroes. And then having gotten a chance to work with Bernie Mac, um, oh, yeah. was like yeah, was like one of the greatest. So like coming to America, Three Amigos, stuff like that was up there. <sighs> yeah, Caddyshack, Fletch. Like they need to. Ca- yeah, Fletch. Fletch. Yeah. I mean, and Strange Brew. I mean, there's just so many weird, there's so much funny stuff. And and now today it's a different time and and um, they, don't, they don't really make those, I guess. They Even don't like, make- um, I'm forgetting the title. Uh, it's the one with Bill Murray and Bob Cap on oh, Goldthwait uh, directed. Uh, Loose change, something change. Quick change. Quick change. That's the one I haven't seen. Hilarious. That in a hot minute. Yeah, that's yeah, great with Randy, not, Randy Quaid. Super, yeah. super underrated. Underrated and underseen. Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't just, know the story of the production, but it's just like, why isn't that out there more? Not enough people seen it. And if you, and if kids want to, kids, if the kids want to get into this, the uh, I'm, I, I can't talk, but uh, the the joust scene. In quick change is one of the funniest yeah. things you'll ever see um so just type in like the joust i'm guessing but that is like the funniest movie making of all time i think bobcat goldthwaite is also an underrated director um i was it, I, was I it bobcat goldthwaite who directed that feel like he did no i feel yeah. like i'm gonna have to look that up i have to look it the, up the um he, the because the other project that I feel is not uh, that doesn't get talked about it was um, his uh, his work with um, Robin Williams on World's Greatest Dad. Mm. You know, dark comedy and just you know what I, did, I have not those. seen that one, so I'll have to check it out. Is that right? Yeah, think, World's Greatest Dad. I don't Dad, think I've I mean, seen it. When when uh, Robin Williams passed, like it kind of reminded me of that movie, and I went back and watched that movie, and um, it was a difficult watch, but also it's such a brilliant movie. It's just so well done. Uh, quick change was. Uh, it was. No, it was not di- directed by. Oh, why did I think Bobcat is? That, is he in the movie? Why am I mixing that up? No, Randy Quaid's in it, and Gina Davis and Gina Davis Correct. are in it. 
I don't know why. I, I think I think at that time Bobcat you know was still still acting. I was you know, thinking he, that he, that was like Police Academy. I was you know, mixing up the movie because Bobcat did a movie where he was a clown, right? Yes, I think he did. I think you're right. That that also held no. up a bank. I was mixing up the two movies. Yes, yes, yeah. So I'm sure somebody will correct. Either way, either way. Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, obviously the comedic, uh, the greats. That's why I believe. I mean, I'm no talent agent, right? But like, I feel that's why you continue to get like these really great, uh, great roles. Very comedic, very memorable. And so, like the reveal, I was like, no shit. <laughs> I was like, you know, like, um, it, it's just. Um, one of my buddies, he's messaged me. He's like, "You gotta if you ever speak with Adam, I, I gotta know like when is DJ Candy Corn gonna tour?" I was like, "Hey man, that, that's gonna be one of the questions I ask. Like, we gotta get some DJ Candy Corn." Well, I'm I'm breaking I'm news. Looking at some, I'm, I'm, I'm I have breaking news. I like to break is I'm available for hire. Um, I probably have to enter a DJing school, but from what I hear, it's uh, you just push buttons. You just press buttons. You just press play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just, I just trying to get to Tulum. That's yeah. the whole, that's like, that, that's my bucket. And I don't know why I just, I see it on, I see, you know, I hear Tulum supposed to be this really cool place. So if I can get to Tulum and I have to be DJ candy corn, you know, I'm in. Yeah. If you need so. somebody to open up for you, you know, rock the mic a little bit to, to kind of hype up the crowd. I may be available. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, we could definitely go on tour. We could, I mean, even if we just did domestically, we could hit Tulsa and then yeah. head on over to Kansas City and then back up to Buffalo and do a do like a... Madison? Maybe you stop by Madison? Madison would be a great, great that location. That might be a big one for us. Yeah, you it might know. be too big. might be too fast to go to Madison. I don't know if I... I, I mean, it just might be too much. Okay, so so that's a little. I mean, okay, it might so break. Just, I don't know if we're ready for Madison. We gotta work up to it. We gotta wake up. For, okay, yeah, we gotta work, I got it. work up to Madison. I got it. Now you you had a a bit part in um, Heron and Kumar uh, go to Guantanamo Bay and also mm-hmm. Hot Tub Time Machine Two. You know, yes. involved with John Josh and Hayden. Um, yes. So do you, is there like a relationship there? Um, I'm assuming maybe those previous work and with Steve Pink landed you on Obliterated. Yeah. So. Um, I've known, you know, I've known John and Hayden and Josh, known all, all three of those guys for a long time. And, um, and so, uh, you know, we have mutual friends. We had initially met through mutual friends and we've just been friends for, for a long time. And so, um, when they, you know, when I, they, they had, so not like cool of them that they asked me to, you know, they they, you know, liked accepted and, and, and some of my work. And so they had asked me to be in some of their projects. And, and this was the same situation on this one. When they came to DJ candy corn, they're like, Oh, we have this great character. We think you would do a great job with. We would, you, you know, we'd love to have you. And, you know, of course those guys are so funny and they put together, they're such, such great stories and, and work. And they always have such heart, in their work um and they're so funny and yeah of course i jumped at it they, absolutely when they have somebody in mind um they often get that get that person like paul walter hauser was a blind spot for me and when he showed up as stingray so know, good. That, that's that's all they ever talked about like that's the guy we wanted for stingray you know and so yeah just just amazing you know yeah, and so, he, um, it was so it was perfect yeah yeah and I and what's so great about Obliterated is this cast. A lot of people is their first 
time being a series regular. And uh, you could just see like, it was just so fun to see. And they, they crushed, I mean, you know, the cast just crushed the show. It, I thought they did a great reason. job. The casting was so good. It, it really was. And, you know, it, there's a reason that it's been like top three, five for like the past week ish, right. That it's, it's yeah. been out. Um, what what yeah. have like maybe some of your interactions with whether uh, friends and family seeing you or even like um, um, like fans reaching out like, hey, I remember you from this thing and I just saw you in this. Uh, in what in what regard? Like just in just, just, just like, what, what's what's um, what kind of like uh, uh, reception have you been getting? You know, like just kind of messages or whatnot. Everyone just oh, like, yeah. hey, it's you or. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just get a lot of texts and and and. Just, just a lot of, mostly a lot of text, a couple of phone calls of people just being like, oh, you know, I could, that was when he took it off and it was you, I just knew right away. And it was so funny and love seeing you and that uh, made me laugh and love the show. So it was, it's just been awesome. It's been awesome. And, and Candy Corn is such a cool character. Um, that like, and I think they just killed that idea of like, I know they want to try and do something. Um, you know, just funny to have this DJ just kind of just get in the way of, of their, you know, kind of slow up the, 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 the mission a little bit. And it's just such a funny thing because I think the idea of like DJs are very talented. It's very cool. But there's also this other like comedic thing of DJs of like, what do you actually do? Like you have a computer, you're not playing, a, you're not playing a guitar. You're not right. You know, you're just hitting some buttons and it doesn't seem that hard. Of course it is. But like comedically, that's just such a funny idea, you know? Absolutely. So, so yeah, um, it's, been, it's, yeah, it's been really cool, and and uh, yeah, I'm just honestly, it's just so happy to be be a part of such a great show. Yeah, it's 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 really great, and like, um, I don't, I mean, I'm not a critic, and I just I don't understand why. That's why I try to avoid reading reviews and stuff like that. Like, I feel what I feel, you know. If the critics, you know, it's their job, and maybe sometimes it feels like a chore, but I I had a blast watching the show, and I think every character from janet who who rides mcknight at yes. the strip club you yes. know like all yes. all those bit parts it's hilarious like these people are really not having fun watching the show i don't i don't get it myself so yeah and even with like cobra kai they have so many great characters it's just full of amazing characters it just it just makes the show so rich it's a good problem that they have. It's just like, we have so many characters, you know, and I'm going to be really interested to see how they balance out season six with everybody else trying to tie up all the loose ends, you know, for his final season. Um, after you uh, booked the role of uh, DJ Canicorn, what kind of preparation did you have leading up to uh, show, showing up on set? That's a great question. Um, so I guess for me, just having the background in, um, you know, taking classes at Groundlings and that really being for me when I think about like, oh, my training or whatever, like that just had a huge um, impact on me because Groundlings, for people who don't know, is, a, is an improvisation school mostly. Um, it's where a lot of people from SNL went to and, and came out of um, going back many, many years, just like Second City, like uh, City in Chicago, yeah. Second City in Chicago and, and um, uh, Canada. But um, so that, so for me, my preparation is just knowing the, seen well enough where if I get an opportunity to improvise on set, I feel like that's something I really love to do. And it's so fun. Um, in a scene as an actor for me, you know, if they didn't give me any lines, I'd be okay with that. That's the type of what I like to do is just kind of have a conversation and, and kind of get to a point where we're just coming up with some fun things and maybe something's really funny. And, and it was so funny anyways, what they had written, 
but um, Alice and I got to play the scene and got to, I think they used a couple of the improvised lines that I had and they kept it in. So I can't remember what was what or what was improvised and what wasn't, but we got, to definitely, yeah. we got to definitely improvise and Allison was so good. So funny in that scene. I think she stole that scene. Um, she was so great. And um, it was really great to work with her. And she did an amazing job on the show. So the blue cheese line, do you, do you yeah. remember it? that was scripted on paper? <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like that was probably in there, but I think some of the, some of the interaction between like, I think I said something about like, you have a great palate. Like, oh yeah, that is blue cheese. You have a great palate. I remember saying that some, I think that could have been improvised. But maybe the, there was a thing of like, it smelled like blue cheese, but then we kind of took it a little bit further. Um, so I think that that part may have been improvised. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but we definitely got to improvise, you know, in that scene. And it was just, it was like so much fun. And uh, um, yeah, she, was, she was hilarious. Do, do you remember any of the other lines that, that were said that did make it onto screen? That were cut? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't okay. remember, but I, I definitely know that it was year. like, yeah, yeah, I definitely know that we probably riffed on, you know, vape pens and and just blue cheese and any other subject or topic that you would not be riffing if you're at a nightclub. Pretty much. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, if, yeah. if you're just, you're such a, you know, DJ Canicorn is like such a great DJ, right? They set him up. He has all these fans. He's international. He's huge. And then he's just like, you know, sees this girl. He's trying to put like his game on, but he's like insane. He's, he doesn't, you know, whatever he doesn't like what's coming out of his mouth. He's starting echo friendly vape pens or whatever. Right. That's, you know, insane. Yeah. He's more uh, eco friendly, uh, eco friendly uh, minded DJ. You know, I bet he you is. He cares about the environment. We can say that about him. Um, as we get to ready to wrap up, got a, a few other things I wanted to kind of hit on. If you uh, are able to uh, share I I any insight, um, first one is like uh, kind of like uh, behind the scenes. Like, did, was any um, anything you're able to share? Uh, you know, when you guys weren't rolling um, pranks, uh, alternate takes, sure. uh, things of that nature. But also for the DJ of Candy Corn, um, did you have a backstory for him? Um, all right. So on set, um, so when you come in to a, a situation where you work a day or a week or a couple of days and you come in on set and the, the, the main cast already knows each other, they have, they have some sort of chemistry and vibe and you're just kind of there to serve that scene. Um, and, but that ca the cast was so, I'll just say in general, they were, they were so great. And, um, it, they just made everyone feel really, and I think they had like a very family type thing where they just all kind of, you know, were good friends. Um, and so immediately I just felt very comfortable. That's not a great story. It's probably an incredibly boring story, but, um, I, but I just felt very comfortable right away. Um, and then, um, you know, when you, and this is something that's also when you like, when you do the, when you do this type of a show, usually you'll get, most cases you'll just get the one episode to read. So I don't know what else is going on. I don't know why they're there. I don't know what's happening at the end. They do the, the main cast does and the directors know and everyone else knows, but you're just kind of there just playing this one little nightclub scene. You don't really need to know, but so you really don't know the whole intricacies of everything that they know. So that's kind of an interesting thing to think about. Um, but off the stage, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, I, I, um, 
So, so when uh, you so I got, I got to, I got to go to, so I was in New Mexico. I filmed part of it in New Mexico. And then I filmed part of it in Las Vegas. That scene where I get out of the limo, when Candy Corn comes out of the limo, that we shot that in Vegas. But then the scenes where we're inside the club, we shot that in New Mexico. So, um, it's actually my first time in New Mexico. That's not a great story either. Um, and I guess it's just, I don't know. It's, it's interesting named for a state because it's new. Sure. I guess New Jersey, I guess Jersey's new too. There's a lot of, Anyway, I don't, that's a terrible story too. God, I'm just, so, I'm, it's, I'm trying it's, to come up with some, I'm trying to come up with some really good stories here behind the these scenes. These are better than Tiesto and Getta stories. Yeah. Let me tell you, those yeah, guys yeah. are boring. They, <laughs> so, by the way, David Getta, all he does is read all day. That's, that's all it. he does. Yeah, he, he has, he, after the show, he goes right to bed. He's a bookworm nerd. What a He's nerd. He's a nerd. He's a total yeah. nerd. He's a nerd. Probably that's why. College. Pro- yeah, probably has a master's in DJing. Who knows? So boring. Uh, um, so, and then I'm trying to think like specific. Um, oh, so when I was at the DJ deck, they had like these, this thing where it's like you pressed it and it just blew like smoke. And so I'm up there, like I have the headphones and I'm, you know, I'm, I had that candy corn helmet on and I got the DJs and I'm, you know, I'm trying to think about like all the DJs I have seen in my life trying to replicate it. And it's just, you're so, Basically, what I'm trying to say is it's being a DJ is really hard. I have m- massive respect because you have the, the smoke machine, you got the lights, you got to get out. You can't, you can't see, you know, oh, you can't well, maybe, see. Maybe just, you can't see. Yeah. You, you think know? it's like, oh, it's what a fun job. It's very stressful. I, mean, I was very stressed. I was very stressed DJing because part of me is like, you know, I was so into character. I was like, God, I hope I don't mess up when I when I fade out of this song into this song, and I hope I get the bass levels correct, you know. And then I had the woofers and, and just I hope my speakers were okay. And then people are trying to talk to me, you know, because there's like the VIP section where I was, and all these people are trying to be like candy corn, candy corn. And but I'm just focused. I just I have to I have to be DJ candy corn. There's no time to mess around. And then I realized that I'm not really controlling anything. So that made it even more fun because I was like, oh, man, this is what people, they're going to be like, There's oh, he's legit. You he's were legit. overwhelmed with all the different dials and it's really just one switch, right? You're just like, it was a yeah, different and I, setup. Right. And I'll share with you, like, I, I thought it was funny and I don't know if it played or they, but I held the the headset, the the, the, the headphones, you know how DJ had the headset, it? but like I have a mask on it. So I was holding it to my mask as if I was really could hear it through the mask which is yeah. insane, but it made me laugh. So you just find like little things that you're doing, but it was so fun. Like that, that was so fun just to like, you know, DJ and as, you know, as they walked in the club and then, then the playing the scene was, was super fun. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I, I hadn't seen the, I hadn't seen the episode until I was home and just watched it recently when it got released over the weekend. Yeah, so that, that was really that, fun to see. That, Episode six is so good. So much is going on. You yeah, know? it's so fun. I know the yeah. Elvises, I think, are in that one, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when Paul's just going through Jordan, it. Jordan Mitchell plays um, Sonny, uh, the, the the Elvis that does all the talking. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then, yeah, Paul gets uh, tuffed right outside the, the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all that episode, it's just, it, it's wild. And then, obviously, you have Zog, Zod, Zog, the gremlin. You know? Yeah, he was yeah, amazing. Just, so was yeah, like, I wasn't there for that, but like just seeing that, it was so fun to see how it, how the, all the stories kind of came together in, in six. Right, 
right? Yeah, six was yeah. super exciting. Yeah, it really yeah. was. Um, Adam, um, you know, I, even though you think the swords weren't great, I still like kind of pe- uh, pulling back the curtain <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no, you know, no, I, I, I think I, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. The minute this goes off, I'm gonna be like, "Oh my god, that story when I was with yeah, Shelly, yeah. Allison, and Kimmy. And it was just us at this nightclub. How did I forget to tell that story? How did I forget to tell? You know, how you, did, wanna- you know." No, that didn't happen. But I'm just saying, like, that would be the type of story where I'll just be like, oh, my God, well, we just we got so drunk and we was just hanging out with the cast. And then this happened. And then and then, yeah, you know, then Marshmallow walked in and he was like, what's up, Candy Corn? I'm like, oh, I didn't share that story. Right. Yeah. No. And you were like, hey, fuck you. This is me. get out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, DJ Candy Corn up in here. Get out. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. And and John Hayden and Josh were just like. We'd love to see. Can- we hope Candy Corn just like blows up and you start getting DJ jobs. And I'm just like, that would be amazing. And I'd have to. Like I said, I literally have a message from somebody asking, like, if you find out if he's touring, let me know. Well, I, also- listen, if people want to bring me in. I'm happy to do it. Um, actually, did, did Frank I actually give you like- the Frank give you the Candy Corn? Did you, Did you take no, it? No, home? no, 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 oh. no. That's that's probably going to the Smithsonian. I heard. I think so. I think, or maybe I one of the they, boxes I, from Hot Tub Time Machine. You know the. Right, right. They're going to keep it for like, you know, when the aliens land, they'll open up the box of like, what was the, you know, what was Earth like? Was and it Earth like, like, oh, DJ Candy Corn, you know, yeah. oh, obliterated. So, exactly. You know, I think that's probably where I heard it's going to go in one of those yeah. time capsules. But if not, I hope to get one or, um, I don't think you can, that'd be a great also Hollywood, Halloween costume. I don't look, you know, there's a sick kick who's a DJ. There's a lot of DJs who are doing like, Instagram stories or post rather with their equipment. I don't see why we can get a DJ candy corn post every now and then, we can, we can, you it. know, just updates with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hang out with, hang, hang out with Zed and Skrillex. Yeah. There you go. Skrillex is, I, I, I would I think, love uh, to meet Skrillex. Aoki. He seems, yeah. he seems yeah. pretty. Oh, I, Aoki. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's uh, probably waiting for your call. You know, you got the profile picture ready. We just need wait. some content. He's waiting for my call. He might be. Hold on. He's totally not doing anything else right now. There it is. Get the call. Hey, can you get me Steve Aoki, please? You put him on hold. That's the baller move right there. Yeah, right? You call and you say, you hold for me. Dude, and I brought a prop to this. Yeah, Who else? What other, what other cast members are bringing props? Nobody. I guess it's not a prop, but I yeah. had a coffee cup. I was pretend- There's nothing in here. Yeah. It, you know, me too. I saw you grab your cup. Mm. I was like, no, mine's empty. Let me just pray. You know, I was just trying to follow the lead. Wow, that coffee's good, everybody. Yeah. So, Adam, if you welcome the interaction, you know, if people want to check out, you know, any upcoming, you know, upcoming uh, uh, music <laughs> posts or whatever, uh, where can they find you at? They can find me um, on my Instagram at Adam Hirschman. I also think I have a X account. Is that what it's called now? The old Twitter X. You got OnlyFans. Uh, um, I'm working on it. You were okay. Okay. I'm working totally on OnlyFans. I just I'm trying to. Yeah, I just yeah, I just have to. I don't even know what that is. But you're yeah, too publicized. Gonna, like, because I, I it's supposed yeah. to be for like you know like a Joe Schmo, and you're clearly not that. And yeah, so you might yeah. be too big, too too. High but like profile. I said, you could. You could you can find me in um, Paris, Berlin, just the DJ scene. 
the Um, and then you can find me DJ at probably a Chili's. Have you been to Bangkok yet? We need you in Bangkok. I've not been to Bangkok, um, but I, I'm, you know, I have some miles. Add it to so, the list, yeah. Yeah, throw that on the list for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, they can, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, so yeah, Adam Hirschman if they want to find me um, or at your nearest uh, Kroger's. has been a production of the Companion Network.